Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortallaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Two of Extra Point on this Friday, July 28th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. That's right, it's a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's located at 2390 North Ulma School in Chandler. Uh, pay them a visit this weekend and check out the weekend specials. Certified Angus Beef Choice Strip Steaks at $5 a pound off. Hickory or applewood bacon at $9.99 a pound and fresh whole fryers at $1.99 a pound. Those are your weekend specials. Plus, they have uh, amazing treats for your four-legged friends as well. Pay them a visit, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, vonhansensmeats.net. We'll have the $100 gift certificate available a little bit later on in the show. Let's remind you about the poll questions, and we'll get things started with the kdos1060.com poll question. We have had a conversation with Greg Bell from the Tacoma News Tribune talking all things Seahawks. And if you missed it, that was a great conversation. Podcast, KDOS1060.com, as well as uh, KDOS1060 app. Here's the question, though. The Seahawks, are they over or under eight and a half wins, over sitting at 88% of the vote, under at 12%? Yeah, last year, uh, the season win total was like five or five and a half. Obviously, uh, they exceeded that. They actually passed that. Very early in the season, they started six and three. In fact, last year, uh, they ended up nine and eight in the regular season. Uh, they had a playoff appearance that I'm sure they'd like to forget. As Greg mentioned, uh, they had a few problems stopping the 49ers' run game <laughs> and, uh, in those games. And uh, but they give up like in three meetings, like 600 yards just rushing uh, to the 49ers in that uh, in that three-game trilogy there. But uh, yeah, but they had a very good season. Uh, they had a very good, uh, you know, draft again. Uh, they uh, seemingly have added some free agents that can help their defense. So, actually, yeah, I think I've already mentioned this, but it's not a big surprise. I think eight and a half is kind of cheap, and there there are actually some nines out there. Eight and a half, you got to lay some juice, and maybe like a hundred uh, uh, minus one sixty as far as some juice in some places. So the, there are a couple of places that do actually have nines out there now, but the consensus. At least in the the big better betting shops in the world is eight and a half still. We'll answer that question around eleven thirty. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM ten sixty. Bob caught up with Michael Duarte from NBC LA talking all things Rams. The over under win total for the Rams seven and a half over sitting at sixty two point five percent under trailing at thirty seven point five percent. Obviously, uh, it's been, uh, you know, I guess the, uh, you know, I don't even, I, you know, these cliches and so forth, but the tale of two seasons. Uh, you know, two years ago, they win the Super Bowl. Last year, they went 5 and 12. And, uh, you know, in fact, last year was the worst winning percentage ever uh, for a Super Bowl champion the following season. And uh, they've had a massive, and I can't stress the word enough, a massive roster turnover. 
since the end of last season. Remember, we joked for how many many years, several years, about how they, are they ever going to have a draft pick? <laughs> well, they had four. They had fourteen of them last year, the most in the league. They also added twenty some more street free agent rookies, and a lot of those guys are going to have to play this year. Uh, and a lot of they got they basically have gutted their entire special teams group, and all their specialists are gone. And almost all their special teams are dependent on rookies uh, for this upcoming year. Not just the specialists, but I'm guessing a large chunk of the guys that are going to be you know, just you know, on kickoffs and kickoff returns and blocking and doing whatever you do, gunners and things like that. It's going to be an inexperienced group uh, you know, for Sean McVay, who did come back. and you know, For a second straight year, there was plenty of speculation that he might go off to the television world where I think he would actually be tremendous because uh, that man can talk. <laughs> and he has an opinion, good combination. He can talk and has an opinion, kind of like Sean Payton, uh, even though a few years younger than, than Sean these days. But uh, uh, So we'll see what's up with that. But uh, it's, uh, that kind of, they're, a, they're, they're a very difficult roster to analyze because we have no idea who's actually going to be on their 53-man roster uh, at the end of the year, other than like the top three guys. Uh, at the start of the year, we don't even know, you know how this is going to work out. But other than the three studs who are seemingly back and healthy at the moment, uh, I have no idea of what this roster is going to look like. So kind of hard, kind of hard to kind of kind of. I can't make a case for the over. Let's put it that way. It's, so it's it's they're a mess. I think <laughs> it's funny that uh, you know fourteen draft picks, the most in the NFL, but yet they still didn't have that coveted first round pick. Uh, I think they finally have a first round pick next year, right? I have no idea uh, whether they do or not. It seemed like the whole draft last year was the Los Angeles Rams are trading down <laughs> and they got like two extra picks to you know, which is what they should exactly what they should less that you know, less needs running the show there, with I'm sure McVay's you know you know con, con, you know consideration and uh, you know, advice etc. But it seemed like that a large chunk of the draft is not just. Uh, you know the guy with the uh, the uh, usually the blue card up there, which means trade. Uh, but uh, you know that they've the Rams have traded down, or they've traded, and uh, they got extra picks as they went along, and that was the right thing. They did a good job with that. As far as the quantity, they won the draft. <laughs> <laughs> we'll answer that question around 11:30. Still time for you to cast your vote on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Uh, let's continue on with the NFC West and bring it back here home to the Arizona Cardinals as training camp is underway. Let's first get Aaron Decker's report as he was on site yesterday. <laughs> Fans are back at State Farm Stadium for the Arizona Cardinals' second day of training camp and the team's first open practice for the fans. Fans dressed in red and white cheered on their favorite players, such as Buda Baker and James Conner, as they participated in their warm-up drills. But once practice began, a few players made sure to not only catch the fans' attention, but the coaches as well. One of them being wide receiver Zach Paschal made two impressive catches deep downfield, one was a leaping catch over a defender, and another near the sideline with Antonio Hamilton covering him. Now, as for the quarterbacks, with Kyler Murray still recovering from his knee injury, 
Colt McCoy led most of the first team reps, while rookie Clayton Toon was responsible for the second team, and he did make several impressive throws throughout the hour and a half long practice. Jeff Driscoll and David Blau rounded off the third and fourth team drills, and even though Murray was obviously not participating, he was on the field still watching the plays with his teammates. The Cardinals' first-team offensive line has a few new faces here in the first couple days. Seven-year veteran Elijah Wilkinson is lining up at left guard next to center Yelda Froholt. And this year's first-round pick for the Cardinals' Paris Johnson Jr. is at right tackle. Familiar faces like DJ Humphreys is at left tackle, while Will Hernandez is at right guard. Head coach Jonathan Gannon did say the team did not have any injuries after the first day of practice, but as for today, I did see linebacker Myjay Sanders walk off into the locker room with a trainer during today's practice, so we'll have to wait and see if that was cautionary or serious. The Cardinals do get back at it again on Friday and Saturday before taking a day off on Sunday. I'll be sure to wrap up the weekend's practices next week. I'm Aaron Decker from the Arizona Cardinals training camp. As he mentioned there, that's Aaron Decker there with that great report about what he saw from yesterday's camp. Uh, And the big takeaways for me that we were just talking about in break there, Paris Johnson Jr. getting the reps there at right tackle. I know that when he was drafted, it was kind of wondering where he would play. And there was maybe speculation about him going in the left guard position. But if he is getting the reps at right tackle, do you like that spot for him? No, I don't think he's a tackle in the NFL, which I mentioned before the Cardinals drafted him. I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, He only played one year at at tackle in uh, the college ranks, and he did okay uh, and didn't give up very many sacks. But Ohio State's offense was structured so much that uh, there weren't a lot of uh, room for sacks. Also, the Ohio State schedule last year did uh, did not really feature many pass rushers from opposing teams, I would be really, really surprised. It was my understanding until that report that he was going to be a guard, at least this season for the Cardinals. I can't imagine would Beecham come back and then not be the starting right tackle. I doubt it. So I just, uh, that's something that I think needs to be, um, we'll have to wait and see how this plays out but i would be really really surprised if uh, beecham were not the right tackle to start the season the other takeaway from uh the happenings is to where in the world isaiah simmons is lining up it looks like he was lining up at free safety during a good portion of uh practice yesterday instead of who you know thompson and baker that's the best part of the cardinals team are those two guys are their starting safeties and those are that's one of the best best uh, safety tandems in the NFL. Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of all unfolds. I know you had a chance to listen as well to what Jonathan Gannon uh, had to say that was actually before practice. Anything stand out to you there? Well, one of the things going back to Beecham, he went out of his way to praise Beecham uh, for his professionalism, among other things. So. That just kind of that that was one of the things that caught my attention. The other thing, a lot of this stuff is you know coach speak, and especially first year coach speak. Uh, the one thing I thought that uh, that was you know a little away from the coach speak, but you know, he admitted that you know having been a, obviously an assistant coach, whether it be a position coach or a coordinator before now, he's trying to uh, try to you know get his way around the various meeting rooms. Of positions as the head coach, he's trying to uh, you know keep up with as much of that as he can, and uh, 
that's a whole different world for him now as a head coach for the first time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of all unfolds. And I'd have to imagine that there's going to be just plenty of experimenting, right? That like the concepts yeah. and the principles that they wanted to develop as the new regime in town were put in place, uh, the fundamentals, et cetera, put in place in OTAs and minicamp. And now it's about, uh, you know, how does this translate from the classroom onto full speed? Uh, what's the best place for somebody to be as you are working on those foundational pieces? pieces agreed um so and it's uh as i mentioned uh yeah really other than that safety position with thompson and baker uh, i don't think that they have any position groupings quite frankly that rank amongst anywhere near the elite in the nfl or even in the top half of the nfl i think the the one thing that is uh kind of a combination of two things but one thing that i'm just going to kind of throw together is that their offensive line and defensive line play uh, is a lot of questions there. And there's not many teams in the league that have more questions in those two areas, offensive and defensive line, than the Cardinals do. Uh, as for Saturday's practice, it's the back together back together Saturday that's happening across the league. And for the Cardinals, practice gets underway at 1.15 on Saturday. Uh, it's all free. You do have to download digital tickets, though, azcardinals.com slash camptics if you're interested in heading out to State Farm Stadium. We'll have much more updates uh, regarding training camp uh, on Monday's show. Speaking of training camp. A little more on tomorrow. I mean, ESPN is uh, and ABC or both you know, going around the whip around the league type of thing. And NFL Network has like 10 hours of stuff scheduled. I know that Omar Ruiz, uh, part of their, uh, you know, their reporting team, he's here. Uh, he did a report from here yesterday, and I assume he's staying here for the weekend. Uh, when it comes to training camp, it's always an exciting time because it signifies that football is almost here. But the one thing about training camp is it also means injuries are something that you have to pay attention to, especially when they take place and it's not happening during meaningful games. We haven't gotten to the meaningful portion of things yet. And a couple of scary things for the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. He was carted off yesterday. It's being reported as a calf strain. He could miss a couple of weeks. Uh, this is now potentially two years in a row for Joe Burrow missing significant portion of training camp with last year uh, he missed and it almost was like one year to the day I think it was one year off when he had to miss because of an appendectomy and that whole thing got started for Joe Burrow last offseason this year it is calf strain though but if you're Joe I'm just thinking about big picture here uh, do you not come back onto the field until you get your guaranteed uh, contract uh, worked out yeah, well, it's anticipated you know, after the Justin Herbert uh, contract extension on, what day was that? Wednesday um, or Tuesday, whatever days, earlier this week, it's anticipated that Herbert is going to get more. And uh, yeah, there was actually some surprise to some that Herbert was on the field to begin with. Uh, it's not Herbert, excuse me, that Burrow was on the field to begin with. I think the best uh, team Burrow uh, should be uh, who, by the way, his agent is the same as Nick Bosa, who's not participating in San Francisco until he gets a new contract. Uh, but uh, that's what the Bengals uh, and that's what Burrow should be doing. If the Bengals, I'm not. If I'm him, I'm not on the field even for a practice uh, until I get a contract extension. 
The other player with the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Ramsey, suffered a left knee injury in practice yesterday, and it is reported that he is set to undergo meniscus surgery today. Uh, It depends on the severity of this surgery. It could be uh, at least six to eight weeks. If it's a full meniscus repair, Ian Rappaport was reporting earlier today that the return date wouldn't be until December. That's a bit of a blow for the Miami Dolphins, who obviously bring him in and have expectations of re- organizing that defense under Vic Fangio. Agreed. Uh, and uh, even if it's you know, the short term, I mean, that's likely going to keep him out for the start of the regular season. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we talked about the, the, the Dolphins many times, including earlier this week. And, uh, you know, I think they, you know, until this happened, I think that they're the best team in the division because I'm not buying the Jets, and I think the Bills have a lot of issues. But now, if he misses any kind of time, I'm curious uh, to act actually how to kind of go about that as far as uh, I'm trying to just check my Miami schedule thing here and um, having a little difficulty coming up with that. But uh, continue to talk there, Kayla. Okay. I'll, try to f- I'll find this within like – 25 seconds well the Miami schedule gets started on the road in LA against the Chargers then they're on the road at the Patriots then they're home against the Broncos and then they're on the road against the Bills so that's the first uh four weeks of the season there for the Dolphins okay just my schedule analysis for them three of their first four games are on the road that's not good they also they need him back from by the time we get to the middle of October because they have one of those brutal three-game stretches for as far as NFL teams go. They play at Philadelphia. They play New England at home, which I'm not sure how hard that is. But then they play in Germany against Kansas City, and that's in a three-week stretch. So you need, there, need them there. And they have a really difficult end-of-the-season schedule. Their last four games – are home against the Jets, home against Dallas, at Tennessee, and then home against Buffalo. So three of those four teams are projected to be playoff teams. Yeah, so that could definitely be a rough road there for the Dolphins uh, with obviously their increased uh, expectations defensively-wise, putting in the effort to to upgrade things player-wise, but then also coordinator-wise. And then you also just have to factor in, uh, you know, is Tua going to be able to stay healthy? I think they go as, as well as Tua stays healthy, but then he also has increased expectations on him, uh, just kind of knowing and understanding where this team wants to go. That's why I'm not uh, putting any money on Miami to do anything this year because I just can't trust the Tua factor. And uh, their backup quarterback situation is abysmal, as we saw last year, and that hasn't gotten any better, in my opinion, in the offseason. So uh, maybe better, but I don't think significantly better uh, to make a difference of whether they're going to win games when Tua's not playing. Uh, And then also – yeah, it's just uh, you know I, I like their team a lot. I just can't trust to bet on them long term with a season win total because I just can't factor in that two is going to make it through the season. Yeah, quarterbacks backing up to uh, Mike White, Skylar Thompson. Yeah, Skylar Thompson and miserably failed. Not his fault. I mean, I remember. I remember. You told me during the extra point uh, last year when uh, you know Tua went down the first time, I have no idea that Skylar Thompson was even drafted, uh, even in the league. And when he was at Kansas Kansas State, 
I can't imagine there were too many people watching Kansas State games that thought that dude's a future NFL player, let just on a roster. And you know, he's out there playing key, key, you know, key snaps for them last year because he got hurt. And was it Bridgewater was the backup? He got hurt Correct. too. Yeah, and yeah, you know, you know, the most overrated quarterback in the last you know several years. Not all his fault because he was pretty good before he had the first awful injury in uh, Minnesota, but. He hasn't been any good since, and he's on like a he's like on a different team every year because of it. He's got two really cool nicknames, though, right? Like Teddy Two Gloves and then Teddy Covers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know Teddy Covers, but he lives in Las Vegas. Six zero two two sixty ten sixty. That's the number if you'd like to join the program. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. More NFL as well. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Eleven twenty-eight, right here on KDUS AM ten sixty online at KDUS ten sixty dot com. It's Friday. It's July twenty eighth. It's a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The weekend specials from our friends: certified Angus beef choice strip steaks, five dollars a pound off. Hickory or applewood bacon at nine ninety nine a pound, and fresh whole fryers at one ninety nine a pound. Visit them at vonhansen'smeats.net, as well as physically at two three nine zero North Alma School in Chandler. Their number also four eight zero nine one seven two five two five. We'll have that one hundred dollar gift certificate here shortly. Continue Continuing the NFL conversation, though, a couple of things have uh, caught my attention here today. And we'll get into some other notes as well. But uh, Sean Payton addressing his comments that came out in that explosive article by Jared Bell of USA Today. And uh, it seems like he kind of rethought what I was thinking, that someone didn't tell him he doesn't have to be so honest. The Fox hat is not on anymore. And he's uh, a head coach of the Denver Broncos because uh, his quote here, is I had one of my moments where I had my Fox hat on and not my coaching hat. It was a mistake by me. I said what I said, but I needed to have some restraint. I don't think anyone really disagreed with anything he had to say. I just don't know that there was any reason he needed to say it. Yeah, he's talking out of, you know, he's BS today. This is garbage today. I mean, it's, you know, people don't think he had an opinion when he was with the, with the Saints as a coach the first time. He had... He was one of the most opinionated coaches in the league then and pissed off opponents and didn't care. And they were good enough. You know, they won a lot of games. It didn't matter if he was pissing off the opponent. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's just trying to – that almost sounds like the owner said, you got to say something. Quite possibly. I, don't think he really want, I, don't, I really don't think he wants to say – take anything back at this point. And as you mentioned, and we said yesterday, I don't think anything he said was wrong. And not, I think it was all accurate. Definitely. Definitely accurate. Uh, we all watched it unfold, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of us, do. I was very happy that it unfolded, it unfolded that poorly because, yeah, I was wrong about quite a few things in the NFL last year, obviously, but uh, going against Denver from week one on was pretty smart. 
When it comes to the other thing that caught my attention here, we knew about Dalvin Cook visiting New York in the New York Jets here. Uh, it looks like he was asked on Good Morning Football this morning about the odds that he signs with the Jets, and he said, I think they're pretty high, man. So uh, Dalvin Cook potentially to the Jets. You know, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, still the concerns with the offensive line, but also then wondering about the health of Brees Hall or... Or if this just becomes like an incredible one-two punch at running back. Well, if it does it becomes a one-two punch, that's gonna, you know, ruin the fantasy. Not ruin, but it's gonna significantly minimize the fantasy football value of both of those guys, and I want no part of them. Do you think it helps improve the Jets? Uh, not if they don't. I don't care who their running backs are. I don't care who their quarterback is. Their offensive line seemingly is no better than it was last year, other than they got a couple guys back health-wise. But are they going to be okay? Uh, I think that uh, everybody's putting the Jets in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I don't think I can't think of too many teams that have gone to the Super Bowl that had an offensive line uh, that was as bad as the Jets last year. And is it any better this year? When it comes to that running backs, it uh, looks like somebody's trying to clarify their comments that they made on Twitter. That would be Colts owner Jim Ursay. He uh, talked to ESPN's Stephen Holder. Among some of the things that he said here, uh, quote, the comment wasn't really directed at Jonathan. We haven't exchanged any contract numbers with each other or anything like that. He goes on to say, our hope is Jonathan has an outstanding year and that we have a good year as a team, and then we get his next contract contract done that's the hope we think the world of him as a person as a player it's just timing when your time comes to get paid then you get paid interesting though i think for me the takeaway is that there have been no contract discussions about a contract extension so really uh just play out your contract and then we'll talk to you and if you look at just overall the how things went for the colts last year jonathan Taylor's numbers were down. I don't know that that's really indicative of him as a player. The offensive line uh, really struggled. That's true. And uh, they got old real quick, and uh, they had a couple of weak spots even when they were elite, and they went from elite to bottom five in the league offensive line-wise rather quickly. I'm going to check out both sides of my mouth here as far as uh, the current situation. Uh, is anybody, If anybody's actually – cared about what Ursay have said about anything for years that's your fault on the other hand though this fact that Jonathan Taylor uh, many months after his you know, leg surgery is still not ready to go for the start of uh, training camp and there's been plenty of discussion here in the last few days is is he trying to is this kind of a hold in in his case uh, you know by not participate to get a, trying to get a new contract and uh, so there, there's other there's other things going. There's a lot going on here. Uh, the Colts are a team I want to know part of at least at the start of the year and probably most of the season. This definitely seems like um, an interesting situation that Shane Steichen is walking into. Like, on one hand, he gets yeah. to have, I guess, a clean start with, you know, uh, Anthony Richardson being able to be a part of the draft process, you know, having a running back like Jonathan Taylor. But there's just so it, – it's also a roster that was so depleted. You're starting over there, and you also have uh, some – interesting challenges with ownership uh, that you have to kind of navigate through. 
That's true, but he should have known that before he took the job. It's not like uh, you know people have been leery about working for Ursa in the past. So that's been going on uh, since his dad was in Baltimore running the team there. Uh, so that's uh, none of that part is surprising. Um, you know, the other thing is uh, as far as uh, you know, going back to last year. I've said this many times. Uh, there are a few teams that had a worse receiving room. Uh, than uh, Indianapolis last year, and I don't necessarily think they've improved tremendously in that area. So whether it's Richardson, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew, or the Man in the Moon, or Peyton Manning comes back, I don't know if it matters who the quarterback is. One final thing that caught my attention from yesterday, the Bengals and defensive end Trey Hendrickson were able to reach a one-year extension that includes $21 million in new money with a $5 million raise for 2023, also providing some flexibility for the team. Uh, Obviously, Trey Hendrickson is a big part of what the Bengals want to do on defense. He's a really good player. Uh, He obviously had the tremendous year in his contract year in New Orleans and then went to uh, Cincinnati and, and did some good things there too. And it's not just numerically. Yeah. It seems like in each of the last two seasons that he's made some really important plays when it has actually mattered the most. And it's time now. It matters the most to be caller number three, 602-260-1060. That's the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Caller number three right now, 602-260-1060. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. Uh, you also have the weekend special certified Angus Beef Choice Strip Steaks at $5 a pound off. Hickory or Applewood Bacon at $9.99 a pound and Fresh Whole fryers at $1.99 a pound. If none of those awesome weekend specials strike your fancy, there's plenty of options at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Caller 3 right now, 602-260-1060 for the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. And on the other side of the break, it's poll question time. We'll get into the KDOS1060.com poll question and the Twitter poll question at KDOSAM1060. All happening here on Extra Point on this Friday, July 28th. James Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Vaughn Hansen's Meats and Spirits. And as Bob appropriately pointed out, in break if none of these weekend specials uh strike Ah. your fancy then maybe just quit eating food right that's what you said this this might be the best list of weekend specials ever and i don't like ever all food but i'm all in for this (laughs) once again it's the certified angus beef choice strip steaks five dollars a pound off hickory or applewood bacon at 9.99 a pound applewood bacon right this is great and then it just smells up the whole house for a while and that's great too. that's true yeah yes Fresh Hole yeah. Fryers at $1.99 a pound. Visit them at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits located. It's like the Triple Crown here. Or something. <laughs> there we go. 
<laughs> two, three, not in the Cooper Cup, and then the uh, the the, uh, the specials here, the triple crown of the day. Yeah, Both. we'll be talking yeah. about Cooper Cup here in just a minute. Uh, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, two three nine zero North Alma School Road in Chandler. Let's get into those poll questions. Cooper Cup and the Rams here shortly, but we'll start with the Seattle Seahawks with the KDOS ten sixty dot com poll question. If you missed it, uh, the conversation Bob and I had with Greg Bell of the Tacoma News Tribune. You can podcast it, kdos1060.com, as well as with the KDOS1060 app. The 2023 Seattle Seahawks win total over 8.5 wins or under 8.5 wins? I'm going to go over. Um, I'm just, you know, just sorry I'm a little distracted here. It looks like the Dodgers have acquired Lance Lynn, oh. who has been terrible so far this year for the White Sox, and I believe – uh, at least somebody, unless somebody gave up a whole bunch of home runs this week that I missed, he leads the major leagues in most home runs allowed. Uh, but he has a you know, fine career and uh, has some uh, playoff experience and so forth. But it looks like the Dodgers have uh, either they're uh, close to it or they've made a deal to acquire Lance Lynn. Okay, back to the question. Sorry. Uh, Seahawks, I'm going over here. I think that uh, just uh, to kind of reiterate what I mentioned before, I think that they've got some the first part of the schedule I would consider soft. Uh, home against the Rams at Detroit, Carolina, and at the Giants on a Monday night. I would expect them uh, to win those four games or at least go three and one. The final three games of the season are at Tennessee, Pittsburgh at home, and at Arizona. I would think they should do well there. And if they can survive the middle uh, stretch, uh, they have four games a brutal four-game stretch from November 23rd through December 17th, uh, twice against San Francisco, including Thanksgiving night, and also at Dallas in between there. Uh, and then they play Philadelphia in the other game in that stretch. Uh, so good, good luck with all that. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But I actually think they, they – I like their team. think that they've really upgraded in the defensive front, which they needed to do. Uh, I think that their offensive line solidified itself last year. I'm not expecting Gino to do what he did last year. He may never do that again. In fact, I would be surprised if he ever did what he did last year again. Uh, but I think that he's good enough, and they run the ball. And, you know, the Pete Carroll's style of off run the ball and play defense, uh, they can do that. And uh, when they need to pass, obviously they've got three receivers now. So I think the Seahawks are good. And uh, I'm over eight and a half wins. I'm with you over eight and a half wins. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bet this. I'm gonna whatever the best price I can find. I'm gonna actually bet this. I'm with you here over eight and a half wins. Uh, when it comes to the schedule construction, it seems like things uh, shape up favorably to them. Minus week five being the buy. I don't like that part, but you can't have everything. Um, and then in addition to that, I think you made great points here about just the offense and that Geno Smith, you know, arrived. We saw we suddenly saw what Geno Smith maybe was capable of. Is he able to live up to those expectations? I don't know, but he's in the best possible situation with an offensive minded philosophy that doesn't put everything on him. They're going to want to run the ball. Uh, they've made some investments uh, in those positions to be able to help him. Plus receiving core wise, there's certainly going to be things where he doesn't have to do too much. Like give the play playmakers their opportunities to do what they do. And then they've shored up the defense as well. So I think when you also then look at uh, facing the Rams and facing the Cardinals in this particular division, they're, they're, it's going to be incredibly physical against the 
49ers. And who knows if they win any of those games, if they split one and one with the 49ers, that seems like that would be an amazing success for them. But when it comes to the Rams and the Cardinals, a really good chance of maybe even going 4-0, and uh, but certainly 2-2 two and two might even be a disappointment in that particular facet. Yeah. But uh, so therefore, those are some wins right there in the division. I'm with you over eight and a half wins. And the masses are with us at 89% of the vote under eight and a half wins sitting at 11%. Okay. Let me know what the best price is. I want to be shopping around. Okay. We can do that. Twitter. Uh, at KDUS AM 1060, the 2023 Los Angeles Rams. Bob, you caught up with Michael Duarte of NBCLA having this conversation. And if you missed it, podcast it, KDUS1060.com, as well as with the KDUS 1060 app. Over seven and a half wins or under seven and a half wins. Um, I don't like seven and a half wins for the Rams here. I would go on the underside of things. I think there's so many new players, new faces, question marks here. Yeah, you have Matthew Stafford back, but did you do enough on the offensive line to protect Matthew Stafford? I don't know. Those are some pretty big questions for me. Yes, Cooper Cup is back. We know the connection that Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup were able to have, especially when everyone in the building knew the ball was going to Cooper Cup. He still found a way to get himself open and have incredible production. Uh, it just there's just too many question marks here for this team, kind of revamping uh, the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, I'm going to go on the underside. Yeah, if I had to bet, I wish I could find, if I could find an eight, I'd bet it under. Uh, but, uh, yeah, seven and a half is kind of murky uh, for me as far as wagering goes. But as far as the poll question, I'll just go under seven and a half. They have, I think, a far more difficult schedule than the Seahawks in the way that these things usually work out or supposed to work out. This should be the other way around. The Rams' first three games are at Seattle, home against San Francisco and at Cincinnati. Then after they play it in a road game at Indianapolis, then they play at Philadelphia. That's the first five games of the season. I think that's very difficult for a young, inexperienced team. I think that's difficult for an experienced team that is a bunch of veteran players, let alone a young, experienced team. Then late in the season, uh, weeks 9 through 12, the schedule is at Dallas, at Green Bay. Who knows what they're going to do. But then they have a bye week, and then they're, you know, they play in Los Angeles against the Seahawks again. And then their last three games, their, excuse me, th- their last three road games over a five-week stretch are at Baltimore, the Giants in San Francisco. you got two cold-weather games there most likely, and then at San Francisco in the final game of the regular season. Good luck. Uh, I will say this here. FanDuel is actually at six and a half, and it was plus money over six and a half at plus 110, under six and a half at minus 134. So it's definitely kind of all over the place here with the Rams. Yeah, almost everywhere in Nevada and uh, you know other worldwide locations is seven and a half. But uh, you know, so if you want to you know, act accordingly, uh, FanDuel sitting at six and a half. Maybe that you know, would be a bargain for you if you like uh, the over situation there. Absolutely. The masses, though, are on the over seven and a half wins at 62.5% of the vote, under seven and a half wins at 37.5%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. I'll also add this as I didn't add it in the earlier portion of the program. We had kind of just been talking about some player props for uh, teams. Cooper Cup over 1,225 and a half yards. Uh, That's his player prop number. If you think Aaron Donald is going to get back on track with some sacks for 
for him to accumulate the most sacks for the NFL regular season. He's 20 to 1 odds. Cam Akers listed as the running back here over 750 and a half yards, under 750 and a half yards for those Rams player props. Uh, he had over 100 yards in the last three games last season. And with that offensive line and Baker Mayfield at quarterback, that's pretty astonishing in itself. I would find it really difficult uh, to bet on anything uh, involving Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, both coming off of injuries from last year, significant injuries that they could, both did not finish the season uh, for, uh, I believe it was last seven games for Darnold and like the last eight or nine games for Cup when he was injured against the Cardinals. He never came back last year from that. I think you're out of your mind if uh, anybody's thinking about betting any overs as far as those two players, no matter what the prop is. We wrap up this Friday, July 28th edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. We have trade deadline looming in Major League Baseball set for Tuesday, August 1st. Training camps uh, around the league. Hopefully, no more injuries to discuss. You never know with these things. Gosh. It's just so disappointing when things like that happen. Obviously, for Jalen Ramsey being such a significant player for the Miami Dolphins looks like Cincinnati has avoided major catastrophe for Joe Burrow though with the calf strain it's just a bummer when these things happen in training camp even in preseason games as well because we haven't even gotten to the meaningful portion of things so it's trying to find that balance between the work you need to get timing to get understanding to get reps to get practice and then not getting hurt it's such a fine line and uh, you can kind of get hurt at any moment but we wrap it up here on the other side next. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. of this Friday, July 28th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is now thank you time, Bob. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else has slipped through the cracks. Also our guest, plural today. Rams preview with Michael Duarte of NBC Sports Los Angeles. Seahawks preview with Greg Bell of the uh, Tacoma News Tribune. Thanks to both of their guys. Excellent stuff as always. Special thanks as always. Uh, uh, Sound day courtesy of Fox, uh, NBC, and Major League Baseball. Uh, and a special thanks to uh, Kayla, Aaron, and, and uh, Kayla, of course. And uh, you know, one more quick thing as far as the trade world. Uh, Lance Lynn has waived his no-trade clause, and it's not just Lance Lynn that has gone to the Dodgers. It's Lance Lynn and also relief pitcher Joe Kelly, who has been on several different teams, including the Dodgers previously. I'm sure the prospects involved, I haven't seen who's going back to the White Sox, but the White Sox clearly selling now. So we'll see who goes next for the White Sox in the next few days. Maybe Tim Anderson. It was actually Tim Anderson to the Dodgers talk, but if I'm a Dodger fan, I'm glad I don't get Timmy Anderson because he's required to play a position and he can't play any position. 
Uh, up next, right here on KDOS AM 1060 from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. I was distracted because I was watching uh, Not Top 10, and TJ Hawkinson was throwing out the first pitch at a Twins game, and it was not good. Didn't go well. Yeah, <laughs> I have a friend who did that once, and he was – really good baseball pitcher in high school and uh, he got this was in a minor league game and he barely he almost hit the screen uh, <laughs> so it's a whole and there was like 3,000 people there so I can't imagine you know we've seen all these pitches you know, thrown and you know first pitches and with you know 50,000 people there and then they criticized the person that threw the ball. Well, you try it. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a whirl. Yeah. Especially if you go actually to to the mound like you're supposed to from the plate, not yeah, just like at true. the front of the mound. That's true. Uh, speaking of uh, front of the mound, Aaron Judge is expected to play tonight for the first time since June 3rd. That's according to Jeff Passan uh, of ESPN. The Diamondbacks are hosting the Mariners, starting a three-game set with Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners. Tommy Henry going for the Diamondbacks. That's dbacks.com slash watch to figure out what channel works for you. And then some NFL news had we had discussed uh, to start the show, Jalen Ramsey uh, in and it looks like he has had surgery today, and it has, in fact, been a full meniscus repair for him. So that's the worst-case scenario for the Dolphins, as that means he's out until at least December. So that's a that's, bummer for them. That's terrible. So whatever we've said about the Dolphins before, I thought they were going to be good. Uh, like I said, I was not going to invest in them because I just couldn't trust Tua staying healthy, and I never imagined that Ramsey, who has missed very few games – hardly any in his career to my recollection is out for a, the, the large majority of the season. The Arizona Cardinals training camp on uh, Saturday, the back together weekend Saturday practices being held 115 to 245 azcardinals.com slash camp ticks to download your free tickets that you need to enter State Farm Stadium on Saturday. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend back with you on Monday. 